Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Kim Grenolds at Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and we're in the visitor's coaching booth again overlooking Alaska Airlines Field, and still raining, raining hard. Washington defeated by Arizona State 35-30 to in front of an announced crowd of 57,858. There was probably maybe... Six, 858? Yeah, probably about 60% of that in the stands uh, at its peak. Game time, 3 minutes, 23... Three hours, three, 23 minutes, kickoff temperature was 49 degrees. It was nice for about two minutes into the first quarter, and then the rain started and just really never let up. And as we're looking out into the lights of the stadium, it still hasn't let up. But uh, fast start by Washington. You know, I put out on Twitter, who are these guys? I didn't recognize that offense. It was the oop de oop offense. oop de oop It was the oop de oop And it was like, uh, you know, it was the offense that, where every trick play kind of remind me a little bit of the first drive that Washington ran against Alabama in the Peach Bowl, where basically you had the reverses and the tricks and everything they could do to kind of throw Arizona State off balance early, and it worked. It worked really well. Um, Bob Gregory said after the game that they, they really tried to simplify the offense for both Dylan Morris and Sam Heward, and, and clearly whatever they worked on this week uh, was great. At, at the very, very beginning, they were able to get a couple touchdown drives, uh, the defense looked really good starting out. They, you know, they did give up some runs, some plays, but you know they had a great uh, four down stand or uh, four down stand in the goal line, uh, get the ball back, and um, you know they tried a bunch of different things. They tried a couple different quarterbacks. They they did some things that we hadn't seen all year basically, and unfortunately, it still wasn't enough to get the win. Yeah, they go up fourteen to nothing, and they hold Arizona State at one point was zero of six on uh, third down conversions, but. Uh, you know, at some point, if the things that we had pretty much seen all year long seemed to creep in. And, uh, you know, defensively, I thought that they started off pretty quick. But at, then, you know, uh, Rashad White and uh, Jaden Daniels just kind of took over. It was just a two-man offensive show. Yeah, and, <clears throat> I mean, you could see the – especially in that fourth quarter after that nine-minute, 20-play drive – um, that Washington's defense was just completely gassed, and then Washington's offense comes out, and don't they just go a three and out? Yeah, like yeah. a minute and a half of offense. Yeah, they go three and out. He just the defense couldn't couldn't recover after that because then um, ASU just goes right down the field and and goes in for the go ahead touchdown, and Washington just you could tell you could just tell I think on the sidelines the players were just like here we go again. And that's what happened. I I really thought with a minute and eleven seconds left, I thought Dylan Morris would would at least be able to get Washington down on the other side of the field. But then he goes in and throws a pick six and misses a couple easy throws that he should have made. 
Um, yeah, it's well, just when, aggravating. When you've got to score a touchdown and you're throwing seven-yard passes, I know at some point you've got to take what the defense is giving you, but you've got to score a touchdown and you've got a minute to go. A seven-yard pass isn't going to do you any good. But especially if, what if everybody's field. covered? What do you do? You've got to score a touchdown. And what if the offensive line's not giving you enough time to, run, yeah. to throw the ball? Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing of it is, you know, Washington gave up 286 yards on the ground again. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I said, I'm down on the field, so it's tough for me to see the defensive scheme. Uh, you know, where the, you know that Arizona State's going to run the ball, and if they don't, Jaden Daniels can't throw the ball. Yeah. You know, so what were they doing defensively? I mean, were they bringing guys up in the box? Were yeah. they bringing an extra defensive They had six, lineman? seven, eight guys in the box. Didn't matter. Trent McDuffie was actually trying to spy a little bit on Jaden Daniels early on. It I thought it was pretty effective. Yeah. But I, I couldn't tell if they went away from it completely in the second half or not. But but those runs that Jaden Daniels tried to use in the first half that weren't effective were all of a sudden getting – Washington was getting gashed with the same mm-hmm. type of plays where there were a couple times where basically they were just – quarterback delays going right up the middle with a blocker and they were going to be good for 15 20 yards a pop and uh, Washington just didn't have any answers for them is it me or does it just look like these schemes that are designed I mean they're almost like scared they're scared to throw the ball down the field they're scared to bring extra guys in the box it looks like they're playing so defensively that you know the timidness of the you know where you don't see the aggressiveness on there is actually slowing them down. Well, I think I think seriously the the problem was they came out with so much energy and had so much success early on that it it kind of I think was a false dawn in the sense that now all of a sudden it was like well wait a second like you said what is this offense we were all kind of joking about it. this is such a different offense than what we've seen but the reality is that was just kind of a facade. And the team that we've really seen all year long was the team that showed up in the second half. That was the team that was playing not to lose. That was the team that was just trying to play the game. If they couldn't get a first down, they'd play field position. They'd lean on their defense to try to get something done. And to be fair, the defense had a chance to get some things done on that 20-play drive. Um, you know, I'm not going to want to single out some guys, wow. but there were a couple blocked or a couple missed blocks or missed tackles. That if they get those guys down, it could be we could be talking about an entirely different game. And Bob Gregory post game, I mean, he was talking about you know just missed tackles. That's what the issue was. Um, you know, but you know, getting back to the offense, I mean, the offensive coordinator was fired. But it's not like they can change no. the offense this far. I mean, you've got to run the playbook. You've got mm-hmm. You've got the playbook, and it's not so much about the plays that are being called. It's about executing the plays that are called. Yeah, and that's on the offensive line. It starts with the offensive line. The offensive line just cannot move anybody. They can't move anybody. They're, they're struggling to block people. They can't stay on blocks. No, they, and they can't stay on blocks, and then you watch the de- on the defensive side of the ball, they can't get off blocks. Yeah. I, I just It's so maddening to watch these guys get blocked, a receiver blocking a, an outside linebacker. Yeah. It's just, oh my gosh, what is going on? Why can't you guys, no one uses their hands. No, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any answers for why this is what it is. This is what we're going to see for the next two, possibly three games if they get lucky and win those two games and go bowling. But this is, this is the team they are. This is who they are, and it's not going to change. 
Sean McGrew was in street clothes, so I didn't know if you guys noticed that uh, in pregame, but uh, Sean McGrew wasn't playing. I'm not sure how much of a difference that would have made. I thought Cam Williams played okay. I thought he okay. played okay. Cam Davis. Yeah, Cam Davis. And, Cam Williams wasn't in, yeah, Cam, didn't play either. Yeah, Cam Davis had 18 carries for 67 yards, and you compare that to Rashad White, who had 32 carries for 184 yards. and. You know, um, what, sh- uh, what was it? The fifty-six yard touchdown run was yeah. And he got one call hold. back for on a hold. So yeah, 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 yeah. That too. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I was having a tough time out there with Arizona State shoes. So I kept on thinking I was seeing flags out there because of the colors of oh, the shoes. Didn't, no, I didn't notice that. I didn't yeah. notice that too much. Yeah, uh, Sam Heward got in for uh, a couple of three drives. Yeah, yeah, he had three drives, and then what was interesting is on the yeah. one drive where they scored. In the second half that he was that he was engineering, it was Dylan Morris that was actually in on the play where they scored, which was interesting because are, were they trying to fake a like a, a like sneak? Like they were going to do something? Yeah, I don't, I don't. It was very interesting. I, I just thought it was a little unusual. But the hard part about um, kind of grading Sam Heward or looking at it that way was just he didn't have to throw a ball on that drive. We're talking about the drive right after Alex Cook's interception. Um, they gave the ball. It was almost exclusively to Cam Davis until the very end. They gave it to Kamari Pleasant for the touchdown. But he, you know, he engineered the, the drive. I mean, he got it going. He made it happen. He ex- he was the guy who helped execute the thing. So he only threw five passes on the night. Yeah, and so it's just it's very difficult to know how they were doing. But the one thing we can say, Kim, is that when Washington really needed to have a drive, they went to their starter in crunch time. And you know, and and to be fair to Dylan Morris, he's had three come come from behind victories. He's done it. He did it against Stanford. He did it against Arizona. He did it against Utah last year. So he has it in him. The only difference tonight is that clearly he wasn't at that same level of confidence. Yeah. Also, just the first couple of series that Sam got, they were pretty well backed up. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bad, bad, bad field position. A um, couple of things. Um, did you get an explanation when Race Porter took off and ran it why they didn't review that as a targeting call? No. Never why wouldn't it be a targeting call? He got in the head. His helmet came off. He went backwards, and the guy hit him with his chest on his head. Yeah. I, I, like his I said, I couldn't off. see it. I was kind of surprised. Honestly, it kind, the of remind, were kind of reminded me of the, the two-point thing where, where he kind of tried to back in down, down here and... I don't remember which game that was, but it was just one of those weird where it looked like he was going to get in for sure, and then all of a sudden he gets stonewalled, but he gets stonewalled because he's with his back going mm-hmm. you know, to the goal. And it was like, yeah, it was just a weird deal. And he kind of hesitated a little bit, yeah. kind of mid-run. I which got a punt. Yeah, but yeah, it was, just, it was just overall a strange deal. And I thought maybe they would try to review it for a little better spot. But we yeah. were convinced, Softy told us that. that uh, Softy said it was short. I... I I thought it should have been reviewed at least to make sure. And the fact that they didn't look and see if Rashad White fumbled that ball, I maybe he didn't. But why not even look at it? Yeah. Why didn't. not just look at it? Yeah. yeah. Play of the game, I think, that just changed the whole tenor of the game was the uh, Dylan Morris pitch to uh, you know Cam Davis with the fumble and the long return. And uh, I think that was kind of the play of the game and really turned the momentum yeah. towards Arizona State. I, I don't... I don't disagree with you, but the thing is, Washington still went up 24-14 after that. And to be fair, Kim, that was one that I kind of noticed as well, but when Scott told me about the play with Alfonso Tupatala on fourth down on the long long ASU drive on the the following 
I don't think it was that because it should have been stopped in the in the backfield. He yeah. he buries those guys in the backfield and, and makes the tackle. Washington has the ball at the ASU forty six. You're talking about first of all, Washington. There's seven less points on the board. It's still what would it be? Twenty four fourteen. Yeah, so yeah. it'd still be twenty four fourteen. Uh, Washington they, gets the ball back, and they get the ball back kind of midfieldish. At, at the forty-six, of yeah, Arizona State. very close. Yeah. So you know they they had opportunities, and and you know Bruner missed a couple, and and I don't want to single him out too much because he had a pretty heroic game altogether. Yeah, he had fifteen tackles or 14, something. Fourteen, 14 yeah. tackles. Um, you know those guys. I mean, they played their butts off, and it's just unfortunate that at the end, when you've got to find guys on offense and defense to make plays, they just weren't able to rise to the occasion, and that's unfortunately, I think. A byproduct of just how this season has gone for them. Yeah, I, it just it, it's just been frustrating, you know. And like I said, you know, the fumble and Washington hasn't been that bad in turnovers, but uh, it just seems like they can't get um, any breaks going their way. Well, you can't you can't lose the turnover battle in a game like this with the elements the way they are and expect to win. Well, also, you know, it, I mean, it's raining, you know, and I don't know. It'll look like. A lot of missed tackles out there. And yep. I mean, is there such a thing as it's wet and it's slippery? Yeah. 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 For sure. But, but those aren't missed tackles because of it being slippery. No. Those are missed tackles because the they guys are worn out. You also didn't. They're you also noticed out. that ASU didn't miss a ton of tackles. No. It was also because they had four or five guys that were right on top of the plays, and Washington couldn't get any sort of separation or anything in the run game that would allow them to, you know, try to do something. So that that was the hard part too, is it or you know, Arizona State was in a situation where they would get a lot of, you know, um, penetration in the A and B gaps and were able to kind of really create some lanes for their running backs. Washington got nothing like that at yeah, just, all. Just a couple of stats, you know, with Washington, you know, only gaining ninety five yards on the ground and uh, Arizona State with uh, 286, and that's even with Jaden Daniels losing 27 yards, you know, on uh, sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 90 yards passing for Arizona State. Jaden Daniels, I mean, you want him to throw the ball. They couldn't force him to throw the ball. Washington had 171 yards. I think one of the interesting stats is Washington, again, was not, um, you know, they were 4 of uh, 12 on uh, third down conversions. But ASU wasn't much better. What were well, they? Arizona State was 3 of 12. But at one point, they were 0 for 6. Yeah. So they were 3 of 6 as the game went on. Yeah. Uh, Rashad White, again, 32 yards, 32 carries for 184. Jaden Daniels was uh, 15 for 83, but again, 27 uh, yards lost. So he had over 100 yards. 110, but they, yeah. Yeah, but they take off the yardage for the sacks. Cam Davis, 18 carries for 67 yards. And, you know, the quarterbacks for Washington, San, um, Dylan Morris was 16 of 28 for 151. Sam Heward was 3 of 5 for 20 yards. And then Carson Bruner, of course, with 14 tackles. And uh, Jacob Sermon with uh, 11 tackles. Jackson Sermon. Jackson. Jacob Sermon's the quarterback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alex Cook was my defensive player of the night. Seven tackles and that huge interception. Yeah. And by the way, Chris noticed this. I didn't see it until the turnover or until the, uh, until the um, replay. But the ASU wide receiver actually tipped it, yeah. di- redirected it to him. Yeah, and it, it was he might not have picked it off. Yeah, if he, the guy. Yeah, he he almost he made very much kind of a reaction catch where it literally came to him, but he 
But that was because the yeah. the wide receiver hit it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it almost looked like in real time, like it hit, like he breadbasketed. Yeah. it. but it but it was because the, the the ASU kid tipped it right to him. Yeah. It was like a glancing tip. You know, just it's been it's been a chaotic week. I oh, mean, by the way, it was, I want to give Braylon Trice. I'm sorry, Kim. Um, some kudos. He had a really good game. He I did. thought he had a really good game. Four tackles. Uh, two sacks. Yeah. Voice to Newfie had a sack. And especially in a situation yeah. where most of the outside linebackers really had a poor day. Yeah. And, and holding the edges. They just, they did not play their and leverages then, and, and, and their ZTF keys at all. And ZTF goes out. Deep, yeah, ZTF, ZTF just got decleated. Just decleated. It was awful. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he is. Um, we didn't know, we didn't mention either two. No Terrell Bynum today. Don't know what's going on with Terrell. And uh, then, to to Atele. was in street clothes. And then also... Uh, Kate Otten going out with a, with he's on crutches, so we don't know if it's like ankle, ankle knee, but yeah, looked like an ankle. If it's an ankle sprain, yeah, yeah, who or, knows? Well, even if it's a high ankle sprain, that's what a six to eight week. And high ankle recovery. sprains can sometimes be worse than broken, broken legs, legs. So yeah. that's it's yeah. Overall, this this it's, season is really taking a toll, and yeah. it's hard. It's hard to see those guys go down, especially in this manner, because. You know, you want to see those kids succeed, especially the kids that stayed an extra year when they didn't have to. Um, you'd like to see those guys get a little bit of success here um, trying to get to the end. But, hey, it, as bad as things have gone, guys, they still have plenty to play for. Yep. They've got to get bowl eligible. It, that's so key, especially if they do end up having to go for a new staff. That, that They want those extra practices, and they need them desperately. But not just that. How nice is it for that new staff to come in and says, "Look, they just fired their staff and they went six and six. I'm taking over a team that's a bowl team. Right? I come in here, help us. We're gonna be better than a bowl team if we if if I uh, if we're having success. And because of the extra eligibility too, you've got so many young kids that can really benefit from those extra practices. Chaotic week to say the least with John Donovan getting fired last Sunday. Uh, Jimmy Lake suspended for a week. Um, we're expecting news to come down tomorrow. I think there's what three options with Jimmy Lake. He can be off suspension and be back at practice tomorrow or Monday. Um, the suspension could be extended for another game or for the rest of the season, uh, or he could be, be let go. Um, I don't think it's a real mystery. I, I fully expect Jimmy Lake to be let go tomorrow. I think there's yeah. going to be an amicable parting of the ways if there ever is such a thing. That's probably how it'll be termed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Jimmy's not the amicable. He just doesn't seem to me to have the personality of amicable parting of ways guys. So we'll have to see what happens because I think it's going to be a real interesting uh, day. Um, you know, it's and it's just unfortunate. You know, the kids um, ultimately wind up paying the price, and then you know Mike Varell comes out with a story today that wasn't. The Quentin Pounds? Yeah, you know, shoving a guy in the locker room. I, I thought it was kind of... Am I the only one that thought it was kind of odd? Oh. Well, the cynical part in me thinks that that could have been a ploy by the school to try to, you know, negotiate in the press. I don't think that's the case. I know that's not the case. But that's what it... <laughs> it the perception could be that that's yeah. the way it, it's taken. The, yeah, the timing's super odd to me, too, because what if I there was actually something legitimate to it... It would have come out in 2019. Well, what I found out that was odd about it was you had players saying something happened, but then again you had players saying it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so it's kind of like a he said, she said. So when you get into that kind of a situation on something like that, I just found it kind of. Well, odd. it's your defensive coordinator going after a wide receiver. Yeah. It just it just seemed weird. All to, it just yeah. there was too many pieces of it where it was kind of like a, what's going on here? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. And again, I'm certainly not condoning it from that point of view, but, um, you know, guys getting pushed around in a locker room. I would think that that would happen at some point somewhere in every locker room at the Power 5 level at least once a season. I'm not again not not trying to condone it, but that I would think that'd probably be a reality. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't think it happens every weekend in every Power 5 locker room, but I would think I wouldn't find it all that together surprising if it happened maybe once a season. Yeah, I mean, you know, I saw Shane Powell call, you know, before the game and I mean, if we ask Shane if coaches ever put their hands on players back in the day, he'd probably laugh. Yeah, you know. But uh, you know. well, they also took water away from kids back in his day. Yeah. They they practiced three times a day sometimes. How much? I mean, with this chaotic week that we've seen, Chris, how much impact do you think that had on what we saw on the field? I think it's really hard to judge because so much changed. Tonight, in terms of offense, and although with defense, defense didn't look like it changed at all. It looked like they are exactly who we, who we expected them to be. We expected them to be really good against the pass, and we expected them to try and be good against the run, but it's just not who they are. I mean, it's, it's, it's in their DNA right now. It's baked in for the entire season, which is, which is difficult because, you know, they give up 200 yards, to Travis Dye, they give up 185 yards almost to Rashad White. Jared Broussard from Colorado, I didn't, I don't know what his stats are right now, but at halftime of their of Colorado's game with UCLA, he was over 100 yards. So that's another guy that they're going to have to contend with to try to stop. Um, you know, they're going to have their hands full against Colorado, man. Did you see the tweet by uh, Brock Hewitt, Scott? No. He pretty much reiterated what you said, that it's so frustrating to watch this defense because they're playing defense like they've got Danny Shelton, Vita Vea, Elisha Qualls, and Greg Gaines up They front. don't have difference makers up front. As much as I like some of the players that Washington has and, and think they could be pretty darn good, they just they don't have difference makers Well, and some front. of those guys, like Tuatelli, wasn't even available. And then Thule got a little banged up, didn't he? So I don't, I don't know... What, did he ever come back at the end of the game, Tuli? Because I know he got a little banged up. I thought I saw him. Yeah, but so yeah, but he, I mean, clearly he was probably a little bit banged up. They had, I mean, Jacob Bandis, to his credit, played a lot. I thought he had some moments. Um, you know, Voy Tanufi had some moments for sure. The younger guys are starting to step up. But like Kualpehopa today in street clothes. He's in street clothes. It, it just feels like every time they can take a step forward, they end up taking a couple steps back. Every and time. that's the frustrating part. Every time somebody comes back, it seems like another guy is... Yeah. Is out right, and like Zion, for instance, he's finally had a run of games where he's getting healthier, 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 and then he just gets absolutely depleted on that one play. Who knows? You Didn't know, see the line would it shock right me? I was gonna say, would it shock me if he was out for concussion next week? No, nope. not at all. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not claiming that, guys. Don't quote me on that. But the way he reacted and the way that that hit went, it looked bad. MJ Ole went out. It looked like yeah. it looks like he maybe got poked in the eye. Yeah, eye scratch. Yeah, so something something strange going on there. So it's going to be a busy day to guy uh, tomorrow, guys. It's going to be a busy day regardless. So um, why don't we go ahead and wrap this up? Okay, we got a long, long day tomorrow. Um, just final thoughts, Chris Fetters. 
Yeah, just I think overall it's unfortunate that the game ended the way it did. I thought it really started with a lot of promise. And, and again, if everyone looked at my predictions, I wasn't predicting a Washington win, but I was really pleasantly surprised. I think they showed a lot of energy and a lot of enthusiasm. They really played like they had nothing to lose in the first half, and then it kind of, I think maybe it dawned on them that maybe they did have a game they could, they could have lost, and so they were trying to play not to lose in the second half, and it came back to bite them. But I, there's a, for all the Washington fans that didn't get a chance to watch this on TV or didn't maybe, I don't know if the, the copy showed it, but between the third and fourth quarters, the timeout there, that team rallied around the 50-yard line in a group and showed more energy, jumping up and down, getting fired up, than I've seen all year long. Um, I really expect them to come, hopefully rise to the occasion against Colorado. Winning on the road there is obviously never easy. But I, I really do think that Bob Gregory has got these guys firing a little bit. Um, you know, Junior Adams has obviously shown some things in the first couple drives that in many ways we hadn't seen all year. So there are good things to look forward to if you want to, but it's still, if you're a Washington fan, you got to be so frustrated how this thing ended. Final thoughts, Scott, Scott Eckman? Frustrating loss, frustrating season, tumult all around right now. Um, a lot of unsure things within and, and the direction of the program, and and who's going to be the head coach next year? Who you know, all the stuff that's going to happen. Um, just a tough way for a lot of these guys that I've followed, you know, basically since they were sophomores in high school and talked to and gotten to know and gotten to know the parents. And it's just frustrating for everybody all the way around. It stinks that it ends this way, but, uh, you know, they got two more games to get bowl eligible. Still a lot to play for. Hopefully Washington come out uh, next Saturday, play well at Colorado, get a win, and then come back. Apple Cup could be a real interesting game uh, uh, Friday after uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Early start next week, next Saturday against yes! against Colorado. Finally, <laughs> the first one, one of twelve. Yeah. So no, when did when did the there was one game Arkansas that started? State didn't Arkansas State, State start at twelve? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So early game. That feels like a year ago. I know it does. <laughs> late, late game with the Apple Cup. So this is what it is out there. I mean, you know. So uh, two games left and. Big day, big day tomorrow. You know, it's going to indicate you know the future of this program for the next several years. So, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, just a reminder: if you uh, are not a subscriber, you know, fifty uh, percent off of your annual subscription uh, on the website. So, uh, really good timing because I think it's going to be real interesting. And if you're only a monthly subscriber. Go ahead and upgrade yeah. to the half off the yearly subscriber. It's upgradable. Kind of, kind of nuts if you're not. If you're going to, you know, half off. You know, if you've just, ever been curious about what we're about, this is the time to do it because Sunday, yeah. Monday, there's going to be a lot going yeah. on. And, a lot. And I know I say this all the time, but if you're just looking at what's on the front page, you're missing out. It's the hardcore football, hardcore basketball, hardcore recruiting board. That's where the good information is. And if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. Again, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. Six o'clock tip-off on Monday for the basketball team. I think it's Texas Southern. And then Thursday, uh, eight o'clock start with, uh, I think it's Wyoming on uh, Thursday night. And then Colorado basketball game is going to be a busy week. We, we got two basketball games and a football game, yep. so it's going to be a busy week. So, uh, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eckland. Go, dogs.
baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.